Hello and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren and today I'm bringing you another of our Ipswich Town takeover special podcasts. This one is a chat I've had with the current head coach of Phoenix Rising, Rick Schantz. It's a club Ipswich fans are beginning to to know quite well, given the, the recent takeover here by the three Lions group game changer. That's Brett Johnson, Mark Detmer and Burke Bakai. Rick's works under the three of them for a few years now and it was great to get an insight from him about what they're like to work for, what they could bring to Ipswich, what an early partnership between the two clubs might look like and also dish out a little bit of advice to current Ipswich boss Paul Cook about about maybe how, how to work under these guys and what he might expect. So big thanks to Rick for his time. They're just getting ready for the start of their season in a couple of weeks now. A few Ipswich eyes are going to be on on Phoenix, I'm sure plenty of people are already buying replica shirts, Phoenix Rising, things like that. So this was a really interesting chat. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, well, welcome to another one of our, our special chats that we're having after the American takeover at Ipswich Town. I'm delighted to say that this time I'm joined by Rick Schantz, who is the head coach at Phoenix Rising, a club that we're getting to know a little bit over here uh, following the takeover from Brett Johnson, Berke Bakai. And Mark Detmer, Rick, thanks ever so much for joining us. You're in, you're in your office at the training ground, is that? I am. I am. Just got in early this morning and uh, happy to talk to you. How's everything going? I think we're a few days out from the start of your season, aren't we, by the, by the looks of things? We're, yeah, we're right in the middle of preseason. Uh, the boys are doing well. They're starting to uh, get their legs underneath them a little bit and um, playing against some very difficult competition in preseason, which is always good. Nice and hot? <laughs> Not yet. Well, I don't consider no? this hot. <laughs> okay. What what kind of temperatures are we talking? We've had uh, uh, we've had no, snow man. and everything in Ipswich recently. Oh no 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 no! It's uh, let's see, t- it, already right now it's sixty four Fahrenheit, and I think we'll get up to about eighty five. Um, but but a hot day for us is about one hundred and fifteen Fahrenheit. <laughs> wow, we're not we're not getting that here in Ipswich. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, we're hearing so many positive things about the guys that I guess are your are your bosses there at Phoenix. We're beginning to learn a little bit about the club um, at Phoenix and everything that they've done there. But I thought it would be perfect to have a chat with you about about what they're like to work for and what Ipswich fans over here can expect from their their new ownership. So could we just kick off by by talking about how long you've known Brett Burke and Mark and um, and what you can tell us about them really? Yeah. So I've been with Phoenix Rising for four years. Originally came as an assistant coach uh, to Frank Yallop. I'm sure you guys know well. Um, Frank and I had known each other for about five years. Uh, I was working in Tucson for a lower division club, but I was also running the Major League Soccer preseason event and got to meet a lot of people. And um, at the time, Arizona United uh, didn't have the greatest reputation uh, things weren't going very well. The club wasn't spending a lot of money on players, but they hired Frank and um, and he he was looking to to kind of build the club up. So uh, the new the, the new owners came in, and that started with with Brett, and and then he brought Burke and and Mark Detmer followed suit. I was a, hired as an assistant coach, and immediately I the first person I met um, was Mark Detmer, and I met him at a time when. I was in charge with taking out Sean Wright Phillips and Jordan Stewart to show them around Arizona. And, uh, and Mark Detmer was just such a fun guy. Um, it was great to be around. He made you feel so comfortable. And I, it was in an environment where I was new. 
and um, and it was just exciting. Uh, as the time went on, Frank obviously resigned. Um, I was the interim for a bit. Patrice Carteron came in, and and I think we saw from Burke, um, Brett, and from Mark more of a hey hey this is not just a, a toy. We want to win. We're competitive. We want to invest and. And they did so and, and hired Patrice, who, who then they brought Didier um, Drogba as well. And it, it was kind of the start. And those three guys and, and the rest of the board at the time were, you know, impl implementing a whole new brand and, and a whole new idea of football here in, in Arizona. And and I was kind of on board. Um, after Patrice left, I, I was challenged with the opportunity of being an interim manager again and um it, it, for me personally the stress and the pressure was was so difficult but the owners were were steadfast in giving me an opportunity and they said listen we're going to wait till the end of the season to see how things go and uh we got to the final and and uh they gave me the opportunity to be the manager so ever since you know i i know they've they've given me this job to win to win trophies and to bring silverware here to, to phoenix rising but they're also good men and good people and, and very respectful and um, they let the soccer people do the soccer things and or football as, as you guys might say <laughs> and and uh, and the business guys handle the business and it's it's a great ownership and I'm proud to be working for them yeah oh yeah I actually had a, a similar chat to this with Frank actually on uh, <laughs> on uh, on Saturday um, Presumably, if you've known Frank a long time, he'll have told you about Ipswich Town, I'm sure, and some of the oh, things that he got up to over here. So um, yeah. you'd, you'd have known about Ipswich well well before Brett and the guys uh, taking over the club. I have. I, I Actually, well, Frank often showed me the, the the goal that he scored against Manchester United. And, uh, <laughs> Very famous that. goal. Yeah, I've seen that clip quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that must be a party piece for for him. But he he said very similar things to you about about good guys, accessible guys, but not just that competitive guys too. So that's right. exactly what you guys want from an owner, isn't it? If you're a head coach or a manager, that's exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah, it's you know I get I go into the boardroom or or Zoom calls nowadays, but you know, and you, you go into the boardroom and to feel uh, respected to feel like you're part of the group rather than, you know, you're going in there nervous and scared and reporting to your, to your bosses, you know, it's, it makes it a lot better. And, and it's easier to be honest and to be upfront and not have to feel like you're, you're hiding anything from the guys. And um, they're always down. And, you know, after we win or lose, they, they come in and say hi to the staff and I get to have, you know, a, a cigar and, and in uh, a beverage with them and, talk about the, the match a little bit, but um, it's it's a good environment. And I think that trickles all the way down to the, you know, from myself to the kit man, to, to the players that uh, we have a good family environment here at Phoenix Rising. And, and I think it breeds a good culture. Mm. I, I was just going to run through the three guys just quickly a little bit and see what you can tell us about them as, as people. Brett, Brett's the guy that we seem to know the most about I don't know if it's the same over in in Phoenix but he uh he seems to be the front man would that be fair he kind of takes on a lot of the uh it's kind of the public facing responsibilities for the for the ownership group over there yes well Brett's always on the go um uh, obviously between what he's doing in in Rhode Island and Ipswich and uh 
Phoenix. He's he's always got something going on, and but he always gives you time, and you know that's not easy for for a man at, at his stature to be able to take a phone call, to be able to have a, a really basic conversation about something small within the club. Um, but he's very, very kind, very respectful and extremely hardworking. Yeah, and clearly he loves the game, not not just uh, not just in the business sense, but in a, in a fan sense as well. And that must be right. great. Oh, yeah, all of them are. They all are. They're big fans. And sometimes that's good and bad as well. But, it, but it's, <laughs> uh, they're educated, which is few and far between. Yeah. What, what about Berke? He's obviously got a Turkish back, background, hasn't he? And that's a country yeah. that absolutely loves the game <laughs> with so yeah. much passion. Absolutely. That's the word I would use. I would say passionate. The, in everything Berke does, he's extremely passionate. You know, uh, I, I, when I first met him, he, he owns uh, a large portion of a restaurant company and um, was so passionate about growing it and building it. And then everything he's done is, is kind of turned to gold and and he's been successful with it, but it's not without hard work as well. Um, and then again, you talk to Berke and you talk to him about football and he'll tell you stories of being at Galatasaray Stadium. And, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember the manager that, that posted the flag in the middle. Uh, of the Graham, Graham Souness. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I knew yeah. you would know. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, you, you, when you talk to him, his, his shoulders go back and his chest comes up and it's just so exciting. Burke is a fun person to talk to. And yeah. when you see him at our matches, he's, uh, I think he's just as wild as any supporter. Yeah, I think we're looking forward to seeing them over at a game over here at some point <laughs> when the world when the lo- world allow it allows it. But he, he was the man that, that brought Didier Drogba over, wasn't he? He's the instrumental in that one. That's that's massive, isn't it, for a club like you to, to uh, have had, un- had such a guy? It was unbelievable. Yeah, the, the way that he went about it was uh, literally... I think because of his connections at Galatasaray through his family, um, he was able to get a hold of Didier and and it was just essentially a cold call and he sold Didier on the project. And you don't, you, at this point, at this level, you don't just buy Didier Drogba and get convince him to come play. You have to convince him there's more, there's more to it and there's more than just the football. There's more than just being here. But if you speak to Didier, I think he'll tell you that it was, he had more fun playing at Phoenix Rising than he did in a lot of places in his career just because of, of the role that he had as an owner, a player, uh, a leader, a mentor. Um, and, it, and it really helped grow our club because there were things that we didn't know. And, and from a culture standpoint, he really helped grow the club. And, and, and that's thanks to Burke. And he's still invo- is he still involved in the ownership group now, Didier? I, I guess a, a small yeah. part, but, he, but he still is. involved. He is, and, and Didier is, uh, I reach out to him, you know, once a month or so, and often we, we talk or you, know, you just kind of keep tabs on what he's doing. I mean, he's a he's a man of the world and, and uh, really, really doing some big, big things. And, and it's just an honor to, to have been able to coach him or manage him. And um, <laughs> I often say I was his manager, but he, he was doing more teaching than I was. Yeah. <laughs> And I respect him for that, and I respect him for the relationship that we had. But it, it it's also thanks to uh, to Burke, because Burke enabled that opportunity for us. I think if if switch aren't going so well at the moment, um, there's a thought that maybe Didier could still do a job, um, even at in his early forties now for Ipswich. He still had it when he was with you. I've seen some seen some great goals that he scored with you. Uh there's. Uh, 
I'm, he every day, even at his age, he did something that I hadn't seen on a pitch before. And uh, free kicks, set pieces, unbelievable. You know, his, his technique and his quality for a man of his size is just, yeah, we all know. You got, everyone's seen him, you know, with Chelsea and, and the big clubs that he's been at and, and what he's been able to do. But I got to see it in person. And I bet he would try. I know he would try. <laughs> <laughs> you never you never know. Berke might twist his arm. But what what about Mark Mark Detmer? I think he's probably the one that we know maybe the least about least amount over here yeah. at the moment. What 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 did he bring to your club and still brings to your club right now? Right. So so the way I would describe Mark is I, I I've grown up in in a culture where I've been around a lot of different people, a lot of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And when you speak to Mark, and, and these are a sign of very, very intelligent people, it doesn't matter who they're talking to, they they make that person feel comfortable. And, you know, he can be in a business meeting in the most difficult negotiations, and, he, and you look at him and you're like, wow, I didn't even know this person existed, and he's hard-nosed and going after it, and then can turn to you and have a good joke or anecdote that makes you feel like, oh, wow, he's just, just such a fun person. Um, but he's extremely intelligent. He's a wonderful family man, um, extremely passionate. And uh, I can, one of, one of the most uh, kind, warm-hearted people I've ever met. And, and uh, I'm glad to call him a friend. How have these guys changed your club for the better? It seems like they've completely transformed your, their, your club. You've got a new stadium that's, that yeah. looks like it's nearly ready to go. Um, it seems like a pretty rapid turnaround that, that they've yeah. managed to help achieve here. Well, you know, it's many, many people think at a football club and in, in, in England, it's far more superior and, and experienced than we are here in the U.S. But the, you think if you just come in with a bunch of cash that it just happens. And, and that's not so um, because you can have put a lot of money at something poorly and all you have is a, a, a bad investment. Um, these guys, not only did they bring capital, but they brought their time their commitment, their desire, um, their willingness to work hard. And when they made decisions, it wasn't like things waited around for weeks and months. I mean, the first stadium they built was in 52 days. And I think this one is going to, I'm going to say is about 90 days or so, but it's twice the size. Um, and they've added a new training pitch. They, I mean, it's, it was unbelievable. Once they decided we were doing this, um, we were just finishing up at the old facility, finished the season in COVID. Everything was sad and depressing. And, and they were, you know, these guys were had tractors moving dirt here at the new facility. It was, it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish. That's going to be music to Ipswich ears, I think, because one of the key criticisms of the last few years and the previous ownership at Ipswich is how, how slowly things happen. It, it, sounds like, it sounds like these guys know what they want, and they know that they need to do it quickly as well and, and, and aren't scared to kind of dip their toe into things quickly that they think might work. Would that be, would that be fair? They, well, uh, they're definitely not afraid of risk. And, um, you know, I, I, what do they say? Risk favors the or fortune favors the risky. And, and um, these guys know they're, they're good businessmen. They're smart. They've done well in, in their fields. And now they've all come it's such a vast group with vast experience that they bring that experience in and from real estate to, to trading, to purchasing, um, which is all important things that you need in a football club. 
How's that kind of translated into Phoenix and, and Arizona as, as a state? Because obviously Phoenix Rising, are, in terms of sports, they're going to be behind the Suns, uh, behind the Cardinals, obviously. But it, it sounds like you're beginning to uh, attract a generation of, of fans to your club and, and beginning to make a little bit of noise of your own in, within the state. If you had said the Coyotes, I would have been impressed with your research. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. To be fair, I know my basketball. I know NFL, but ice hockey is uh, NHL is a little bit beyond me. But I do, I do know that's the hockey team, and I also know that they're playing Minnesota Wild there in a couple go. of days. So I, I did just I left them off the list because I'm a bit out of my depth without ice hockey. Right. I'll be honest. The Sun Suns are going all right though. Yeah, it's a big year for them. It's a big deal. I'll tell you what's been awesome is. Uh, probably through our ownership in their direction. The front office has built a good relationship with the Diamondbacks, the Suns, the Cardinals, and the Coyotes. And so here it, we've always kind of felt like rather than going and try to compete and, and you know have a bad relationship with them, it would be far better to support them and to get our fans to support the Suns. And, get, and, and in turn, I think what we've seen is the Coyotes, the hockey group, it's a similar style of fan, a football fan and a supporter, an avid supporter. When you go to a hockey match, it's a similar environment at times. And, and we've noticed that many, many of our fans have been to, they go to Suns games together. They go to hockey games. They go to the Cardinals games and vice versa. And I think it's a smart decision. Um, yeah, we're the new kid on the block. And, and I think we are, um, we're starting to make a name for ourselves. And, and they've done extremely well of, of brand recognition and marketing and, it's a city of almost 7 million people. So I think there's plenty of supporters out there. Yeah. yeah. In, in terms of brand recognition, I think it, we need to ask you to have a little word with Brett and Burke about getting some uh, Phoenix Rising merch, some shirts and stuff over to Ipswich. Because if they could set up a little corner in the club shop, I think you'd, um, I think you'd sell a few over here at the moment. There's definitely an appetite for your, for your club in Ipswich. So you never know, give it a few weeks. There'll be some Phoenix Rising shirts oh, in the stands at, at Portman road here. So Hopefully it can benefit both clubs that way. Yeah, we would love to get some Ipswich jerseys as well. And and, and I think that's what it's all about, right? Um, it's the world's game. Have they spoken to you much about this this new venture of theirs over in Ipswich? Have, you, have they told you their plans and things like that? No, not too much about the details. Um, I think they were, you know, I've been very focused on our team, very focused on preparing for our season and uh, probably out of respect for, for what I'm doing and here, um, I wasn't given a lot of information. Um, obviously, when it came through, uh, I had a lot of questions and I was excited. I said, hey, as soon as our season is finished in November, we're getting a, a trip over to Ipswich for a game and, and watch the staff and learn and, and become a better coach. And um, they, they were they were excited that I think that's our approach here. Our staff is, is excited just that this, we feel like the family's growing. Yeah, that's that sounds great. Well, the the, Ips, the current Ipswich manager is um is Paul Cook. He's only been in in the job for six weeks or so, and I I think this is going to be a time of of real change for him. Hired by one owner, and now he's going to be working under under another. But what would you, if you were sat down with Paul now, what would you tell him about these about these owners? They're willing to listen. Um, you know, I I did often, and, and I'm sure he's a smart man and, and you have to do your homework uh, when you have an ask and, and when there's things that you want and um, that if you present a good case and, and you're, you know, fiscally responsible and under, and understand what there's a bigger picture 
um, they're, they're, they'll do whatever they can to help you. And they want to win just as bad as you do as a manager. So uh, that, that's always a good thing. You can start there. And if there's that common ground exists, um, then we'll be able to figure things out and, and do what's right for the club. They've, they've already made some big moves as well in hiring a chief executive over here, taking him from a level above. Um, so it's pretty clear that they they know that they need sort of feet on the ground and they've appointed good people to, to run their business for them. It's uh, Maybe that's a, a good sign of uh, of the business sense that these guys have got, that they're willing to trust other people to do to sort of implement their vision, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the front office here, here, it's so important. You know, the general manager, Bobby Dooley and myself are, we probably talk six, seven times a day. Um, and he runs the ticketing and the sales and the merchandise and the social media and, and the advertising. He runs all of that. So I'm, I'm aware of it and I do what I can to help him. But they're, they're very important. And, and the football side knows that that side is important. So we don't, I've been at a lot of clubs and I've seen a lot of clubs where the front office and the football side don't get along and and that's a recipe for disaster. So I think it's a smart move to bring in someone with experience on the executive side and, um, you know, because if the front office and the supporters are there and and everything else in the social media world is, is positive, then I think that the football side just can concentrate on football. And once it's all up and running, I think you guys will be fantastic. Mm. What about a few uh, a few preseason games? I know I would quite fancy a trip over trip over to Arizona. You'd uh, you'd yeah. welcome Ipswich over at one day, wouldn't you? Bring some fans over. It'd be great. I, I know we've already uh, requested next year in our schedule to have a two week window where maybe we can bring our team over in July or or August before your season gets started. Because I don't know if you guys want to come here in July. It, it might be a bit warm. I'd take to be honest I'd take any <laughs> any chance we we uh we go to some uh some places in the north of England here during the season where it's really quite cold in our in our winters over the season so you know what a little bit of sun I think we could try and handle that for a few right. weeks I know I know you're a busy man I know you've got training this morning so I'll, I'll let you go in a second but just before just before we do go um I was just gonna ask you about your season really you're coming off the back of a of a funny old season you made the you made the championship game didn't you and then it didn't didn't even get played because your opponents sadly caught COVID. Um, that must have been really frustrating for you guys. Uh, it was devastating for the footballers, for the players. Um, they were, for me, uh, it's part of the real world. You have to deal with it as it comes. And, and it's winning trophies is, is about the club and it's about the players. It's not about the manager, in my opinion. You know, I'm the steward um, here to serve those guys. So I was sad for the players. Um, but you can't, not a lot of people can say they didn't lose their last match in, in America in the playoff system and still didn't win the championship. So, um, it's been good because the returning players feel like there's unfinished business. Um, they know that everyone is gunning for us. You know, when we go into our matches in our league, that every player would prefer to be at Phoenix rising. And, um, it's difficult because you get their best shot and, uh, our players have to be prepared for that. They have to understand that. So when we bring new guys in, we talk about culture, we talk about the history and the players that have sat in this locker room and, and what it means to us as an organization um, that we do everything we can to be successful. Uh, and, and, you know, it's the details, the everyday details and the grind that, that gets you to that final. But 
you know, um, we, we've got some conference championships. We have the supporter shield and we just don't have the league championship yet. So there's still one big trophy that's, that's empty. And that's, uh, that's my job to make sure we get there. Hopefully that comes for you this year. Um, but something else in the club's future, I've, I've been reading about the potential for ML, MLS maybe in, in the future. That would be huge, wouldn't it? For, for the state and, and for the city of Arizona, of Phoenix, sorry. I, I think so. But, you know, the reality is we just want to be the best in, in, in Arizona and in, in the country and whatever league we're playing in, we want to be at the top flight. So, and I know USL has been fantastic and, and they have aspirations of, of continuing to expand the league and, um, you know, so much so that there's, it's very different, you know, it's not single entity like MLS. So I think it's more in lines with Europe and the rest of the world. And, and we don't have, uh, uh, you know, budget caps and transfer, you know, challenges that, that MLS has and, and there's some benefits to, to being in the USL. So um, that that's above my pay grade and where we go. And um, if the club decides to, to move to a different league, I just would love to be a part of the club at, at any level in any club, uh, any league we're in. Rick, thank you so much for your time. We'll let you go now, but it sounds like hopefully we may see you over in England uh, maybe later this year and then see the team over. Was that July 22? Is that is that when you're going to come so. over and play some games? Sounds good to me. I, <laughs> Rick, thank I you very so. much for your time. Thank you. Thank man. you. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you. you.